0: Seinfeld, the glasses is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now here are the two guys who are always rabid to talk about a Seinfeld episode. I'm Rob Sister and here is Akiba Keep it, how are you? I've been better. You've been better? Oh, no, what's wrong? <laughs> well, I just got off like two long flights. Yeah.
1: And, you know, there's always, you flying. You know about flying with a, uh, you know about flying with a one-year-old son. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not easy.
0: Yeah. They like
1: to explore the aisles.
0: Yeah, I they think they're, you know, they're supposed to fly the plane. I, too, did a flight with my son who is closing in on two years old. And there were definitely some touch and go moments on that flight. He's not a crier, but he is a like wants to get into everything and open up the tray table and close it a million times. It's really very problematic for the person in front of us.
1: Yeah. And I was in the, um, uh, like the first row of the, uh, common folk. Ooh. Like the, what's it called? Like the bulkhead, the yeah. bulkhead
0: seats. Yeah. That's nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, the problem. So ideally it's great because you have so much space. It's a little annoying because you don't have like the normal, like TV hookup or whatever, but
0: yeah.
1: Um, but the problem that I realize now is it's actually terrible for a little kid because you give them that space and then they take advantage of, if you're in just like three seats in the middle of the plane, then you're, then he's stuck there, you know? Box but in. if you're in that first row with the extra space, yeah, he can walk past you, uh, you know, and he can walk past through, and then you're like, "Ooh, let's see what's going on in business class." Yeah, and then you have uh, to yeah, walk yeah. in, and like, that's all, you know. That's awkward. Like, uh, sorry, son, we're you know we're too poor for business class.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: and, you know, it is like try explaining that to a one year old, and yeah. also they have the on some planes like the that um, that first seat. There's like a lot of space between you and the wall. Yeah, so people think it's like a walkway. For them to walk from one side of the plane to the other. Okay. You know, like let's say they want to get to that bathroom where they, you know, they have a big family and they have other people inside. So they're like walking past you, but your stuff is like all over the floor because it's allowed to be. Oh, wow. It's like in front of your seat. Yeah. It's very messy. I hadn't really thought about it. So then I like, I pulled the passive aggressive move where I like put my feet up all the way up so it was touching the wall. It's so, like no one can walk past it. Yeah. But then people just give you the excuse me. Yeah. It's like because they don't want to walk because there are other options, walking through the back of the plane. Or walking to first class. Like walking through that gate and then around the other gate.
0: They'd rather walk. You know, of course, they're going to bother me.
1: Right. I got one more thing for you. It has nothing to do with Seinfeld, but, you know, my wife's asleep. She's not going to hear it. She won't be mad at me. No one will tell her. We're in the airport. And uh, we, you know, we get to uh, checking our bags and we somehow we find out we thought we had two bags for everybody. We got some kind of deal where we got two bags. Yeah. And my, because we were away for a month and my son, uh, you know, it doesn't get his own seat cause he's not two and get all your flying in before your kid is two, but don't fly with your kid. Cause it's horrible to fly with a kid under two. So, uh, so we thought he had two bags and he had one or something boring like that. I don't know. Anyway. So we had one extra bag. We found out when we got to the counter. So what would you do, Rob? It's $150 for an extra bag. I mean, you, you're stuck, right? You're not going to like throw you your
0: packet in the other stuff. How much, what was in there?
1: Well, you could choose any bag. Like, there wasn't one particular bag, right, that was, but everything, my wife is like, everything is to, like, 50.1 pounds. Like, she'll bring as, you know, take back as much stuff as she can. So, we didn't have a pound to spare in any of our eight or nine or however many bags we had. Yeah. So, it's not like you can merge stuff into another bag. So, your only option is to buy another bag for $150. Okay. Boy. Uh, or you could like call the person who drove you and be like, Hey, you got to pick up this bag and I'll get it some other time. I guess that's an option too, but that's annoying. Yeah. Like it's bad enough that the person drove you to the airport. Now it's like, you got to come back to the airport 20 minutes later. No ship the bag. What do you mean? Like, Like, what are you going to do for oh, Oh, like, I guess we'll get it next time. We'll get it. Like, you know, we'll take out like the three most important things. Like you could also choose like what's our ninth and least most important bag. Like my children's like toys that they took or who knows? Like that's probably not important. I mean, I'm sure it would have been my stuff. Obviously, yeah. it would have ended up being my stuff that got left behind. Like my clothing, uh, the mic I'm using for this podcast, like anything you know, of mine would have been, it would have just been all my stuff. Anyway, okay. that, but that's what a normal person would do. Probably is just, you know, say, oh, that sucks. You know, it's $150, but we had some document that said we did get two bags. So like maybe we could fight it later, right? After we're, you know, home. But that's not what my wife did. What did she do? She turned to the people behind us who didn't have a lot of luggage and said, would you mind uh, taking the bag? I'm happy to pay you for it. They said, no need. Uh, We'll do it. Uh, You know, like, you know, they had uh, under the maximum amount of luggage. Just take this bag. Check it in for us. Okay. Okay. So I wouldn't have done that. Uh, And also, I would never say yes, because like I've heard horror stories about like people who took something for someone on a plane. Right. And like then they end up in jail in Japan. That's like a real story because they was like drugs. Right. Or my father had a student once. He was flying somewhere. Um, and the, the mother of an old student of his is like, hey, can you bring my son something, but don't open it? So my father's like, oh, right, now I have to open it. It was a knife. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know. Whatever. It was like, uh, yeah. So like, you can't do that. Anyway, so the people were very nice and they did it. And then we get to the um, we get to the uh, final destination. And our stuff's not there. The bag is not there. It's gone. And now it's not even our bag. It's their bag. So what are they going to do? They're going to like call up and argue about our bag that they did a favor for. Yeah.
0: You so know? they lost the bag. They that.
1: lost that one bag out of nine. Uh, probably what happened, like, because we did this in front of the flight attendant, and here's where I tied into Seinfeld a little bit. Uh, remember when, like, they were mean to the to the lady at right. the desk? And she's like, "You these bags to New York and that bag to Honolulu. That's Good. for sure what she did to us. She sent our bag to Siberia.
0: Yeah. You're lucky she didn't do all the back.
1: Yeah, it's a miracle we got eight out of nine, but it's hilarious that it was that one. And now it's like you have to call up pretending to be that person or you have to like beg the people or like pay the people to, you know, uh, like make the call for you because we're sort of like giving. Well, I don't even know their name. Like I have their phone number, but I don't know their name. And you your know, wife's like I put on the top of
0: this. I feel like this would be something that your wife would be. Oh,
1: I, I'm, I'm using me as like a whatever. Like I had no I didn't even meet the people like I saw this from like a distance. Uh, Yeah, obviously, don't deal with this stuff. You know that. But it's just, you know, I had to get this off my chest. It's ridiculous.
0: All right. Well, (laughs) we're on fire here today already talking about the glasses, Akiva. Oh, boy. (laughs) We're shot out of the cannon, ready to go. Here we are, season five, episode three. And we are ready to go back in our respective homes after a week of traveling. Two weeks of traveling, in your case. And uh, here we are, all fired up. Akiva, did you have any Seinfeld or other airport news?
1: Yes, I have some Seinfeld news this week. Okay. Uh, first, uh, f- this has come from a very reliable source, TMZ. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld was told, no lemonade stand for you. No Cops lemonade down stand. Kids biz. And so the story says, if Jerry Seinfeld thought the soup Nazi was bad, he must have loved the lemonade Gestapo, that's TMZ's words, not mine, busting his, ch- his son's roadside charity biz out on Strong Island. By the way, I didn't notice that till just now. We're both from Long Island. You've never, in earnest, used the word strong island, right?
0: Not unironically. Right. I mean, but if somebody does, that
1: basically means they're like a meathead, no?
0: Probably. Like, if you have a t-shirt that says that, that's probably like, not But really.
1: unironically, you could use it ironically, maybe, but I've never in my life used, uttered that phrase before right now.
0: Right. Not seriously. Not seriously. Anyway, uh, long
1: story short, his kids uh, started a lemonade stand for charity. And uh, the cops came and shut it down. There's a picture of them with like their hands up, but it, they're joking around. They're not actually getting arrested. But uh, And the money was going to charity for uh, his wife's clothing. Uh, some clothing charity for uh, families in need.
0: Seems like a publicity stunt.
1: So, uh, I, first of all, you would be shocked by this, but the comments on TMZ.com, not exactly a friendly place. No. <laughs> but the first comment here... Is uh, yeah, I'm sure he called the cops because him and his wife are desperate for publicity. <laughs> and the next hundred comments are like racist and anti-Semitic, but that was the first comment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a racist lemonade stand comments too?
1: No, they were just probably like I don't know. I, I it's it's almost like you know this deal. Like there are certain places where their comment section, like you become a worse human being by staying there for more than two seconds. So you yeah, gotta get out.
0: Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> okay, so any other news, Akiva? Uh, yes,
1: we have. Um, uh, I. You know, we, we talk about our quest to get uh, Jerry and Larry on the show, and just to talk about how realistic it is, in the last couple of weeks, um, a podcast, uh, "You Talking You too to me," which is a podcast by Scott Aukerman and Adam Scott from uh, Parks and Recreation, uh, had, you know, a, a, a podcast of just talking like nonsense about you two and calling them funny names and stuff, got to interview all four members of you2 for like an hour and a half. Oh wow. Uh, and uh, there's a, a podcast. By Kumail Nanjiani, who is a, um, a comedian, I think is on Silicon Valley. Okay, I could be wrong. I don't watch Silicon Valley, but um, he uh, his podcast is like ours, but about the X Files. It's an episode by episode recap of the X Files. Um, and uh, he is going to be on the X Files because he was, you know, I guess became like a name in the X Files community. Yeah. So we should really not give up our dream of having Jerry and Larry on.
0: All right, we shall not give up
1: the dream. Well, and can I start a new 10-second uh, segment, Rob? Yes. And it's connected. So I, I think it would be funny because every week I look for Seinfeld news, one of the things I do is I do a Twitter search, put in Seinfeld, and a lot of things come up. So I think, what if we did a Seinfeld-related tweet of the week?
0: Sounds good. You got one? Yes. So I got one,
1: and it's, uh, it's connected to the previous story, that the aforementioned Kumail Nanjiani tweeted, Hey, guys, I'm going to start a show called Fear the Seinfeld, and it'll be a big hit. <laughs>
0: Okay. Sounds good. All right. That, do you think that Stegman has legs? One Seinfeld tweet a week? Sure. What legs yeah, okay. does it need? Uh, I guess seconds. just have
1: it hold us for five seconds.
0: Yeah. All <laughs> right. Here we go. Seinfeld trivia question. Johnny Severa was upset we didn't have it last week when I was traveling. Well, don't
1: give me two as a makeup. I don't, no, don't want to go for a tip.
0: I won't. In The Marine Biologist, Jerry tells okay. Elaine that war, what is it good for? was the original title of what classic novel? A War and Peace. There you go. We're back on the right track. We're yeah. Getting questions that's right,
1: simple, to be fair.
0: Pretty easy. Let's go into talking about the glasses. And no, this is not the episode about Jake Jarmel. This is the episode, season five, episode three. George loses his glasses at the health club and ends up having bad vision. He supposedly sees Skylar White making out with jerry's cousin jeffrey which ends up leading jerry to accuse his girlfriend amy of infidelity and also elaine is bit by a rabid dog
1: uh, sounds simple enough
0: <laughs> so here we are this episode is written by the team of tom gamel and max pross who i guess will go on to write a number of seinfeld episodes
1: yeah uh you know i was trying to look up these writers see if i can get them uh i think pross not on twitter gamel never tweeted once but somehow has 500 followers
0: there you go So they have a number of episode credits to them. This is the first of their episodes in the inside. Look, they talk about how they are notorious for their wacky storylines.
1: Yeah. And I believe the glasses storyline comes directly from, uh, I think it was Gamel. Yeah. Uh, And uh, and, you know, based off of uh, his experience with a pair of glasses.
0: But I think as we go through the history of the series, I think this marks an interesting inflection point where Jerry is crediting these guys as contributing some of the wackier storylines that happen where Jerry says in the inside look on the DVD that through the first four seasons, they were trying to base everything somewhat in reality, where now they are starting to let reality sort of be a little hazier. Like George's vision.
1: Yeah. yeah. We, we mentioned very early on in uh, the series that there was, you know, that we'd sort of track what is realistic and what's not. And there really haven't been a lot of things that are completely unrealistic. Um, but yes, as we get on, certainly season nine, uh, but even the next few seasons, I have a lot of things that are a little bit more slapstick and maybe like out of the realm of possibility. One of the things that happens is you mentioned Tom Gamble and Max Pross, right? This episode, the writer's room, or, you know, they didn't really have a writer's room, but the writer's staff, really gets beefed up. And we're going to see a lot of new names in the next season or two.
0: Here we are. Season five. Must see TV. Let's go. Jerry talks about how he never gets enough sleep. Talks about the constant battle between night guy and morning guy and how night guy stays up late and screws morning guy over. The only thing morning guy can do is sleep in enough so that day guy gets fired and night guy doesn't have enough money to go out. Akiva, are you night guy or day guy or morning guy?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely night guy. Like, day Ooh. guy is losing, is losing the war to the night guy for sure. Not that I'm at partying. I think uh, anyone who's listening knows that. But, you know, just like staying up too late, sacrificing the day for the night. Uh, where do you think you fall?
0: Oh, I'm morning guy. I'm up yeah, early. you're up early. Yeah, I'm never staying up late. Sometimes on the weekend, I'm staying up late, uh, but like I'm staying up late like, doing work or something like that
1: you set an alarm for like five o'clock or are you just naturally up at five o'clock
0: no I set the alarm for usually about 5 a.m 5 a, 5 a.m on the dot that's what you do yeah I mean give or take some days I might sleep in and say oh I'm gonna set the alarm for like 520 today oh
1: you wild animal you oh my God. set
0: the alarm for 450
1: I mean I'm literally and this is a rare thing so I just got off the the plane and I work a little later but like I I was thinking about like I have to work at noon tomorrow and, like, I was wondering, like, oh, what if I oversleep?
0: Hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I don't
1: know if the 5 a.m. thing. I think we're on different schedules. Yes.
0: Here. I'm waking up at 4.50 Akiva, and that's with no commute.
1: Yeah, can you imagine if you had the commute? you basically like a CEO. I mean, you are a CEO of your own, uh, of <laughs> and, your own yeah. small business, but.
0: Well, let's not get carried <laughs> away, but uh, you can't spell my last name without CEO.
1: I'm going to guess you did not just come up with that now. Hold on.
0: No, I did. <laughs> I did. Nobody's ever called me that before. Okay. But, also spoiler it's 3:24 uh, in the afternoon I have not taken a shower yet either.
1: Again, you work from home like I would I would shower twice a week if I were you. Yeah. I work from home. So yeah. maybe I just tell you I'm how many doing better I'm than that. that. I'm doing
0: better <laughs> than that. No. I mean, but you
1: leave the house like briefly every day, so you kind of have to shower.
0: I mean, I walk the dog. Is the shower for you or
1: is it for the people around you? I guess that's the <laughs> age old question. <laughs> like it, things have to be bad for you to smell yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would have to sweat at some point and that really doesn't happen either. You'd have to break a sweat,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, you, you have, have you have
0: good AC up there in the office? It's it's middling. It depends. It's good when it's on, but a lot of times I'm recording sound and try not to. Oh, you got to shut it.
1: it off. Oh, that's tough.
0: Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about the episode. We start off with setting up this window where we see Jerry and Elaine looking out the window talking about, have you ever thought about spitting on people from up here?
1: Yeah, and I've lived on the sixth floor. I certainly would never spit on anybody, but, you know, I would like throw keys down six flights to my wife and stuff like that. You, you get... You know, like funny desires. Like, what would happen if I like, threw a nickel and it went through somebody's head?
0: Oh, my God. Well, I
1: wouldn't do that, but like, people always, you ever been on like the top of like the Empire State Building and people are always saying, like, what happens if you accidentally dropped a coin? Like, would that kill someone? I think they say no, by the way.
0: Okay. Yeah. Be interesting to see. Like, uh, don't don't to try it at home, though. Bullet coming down.
1: <laughs> I, think, I don't know why. If somebody could explain the physics of us to us, maybe, but I, because you'd think it would like go through their head, but supposedly it, it doesn't at all.
0: We'll see. So Akiva, we are setting up this big window over here, which is going to be a big point of the episode. And as they're looking out the window, it turns out that Kramer comes in and he is getting Jerry the air conditioning unit, which he has been waiting for. It's a Commando 8, 12,000 BTUs. And Jerry was previously known to be anti-air conditioning. Anti-air conditioning. Does this surprise you?
1: Yeah, it's not a thing like they just the writers just made this up like nobody's anti air conditioning.
0: You know, I was actually listening to another podcast. I was listening to uh, there's a Spin podcast and they had this debate recently. And one of the hosts was talking about how he is anti air conditioning, about how air conditioning is says it's bad for the environment and all these other things. And it's expensive and it uses energy and wastes energy and says you could be fine with just fans. But I find that very odd that Jerry would either be some sort of environmentalist that would be anti-air conditioning or some kind of a cheapskate that doesn't want to run air conditioning his apartment.
1: Yeah, those would be really the two reasons. That's true. And I think, yeah, with like the ACs, it does get expensive. Like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, turn the AC up. But then when you pay the bills, you know, you want like, oh, we're shutting that off the second we leave the room. Yeah, there is no rhyme or reason why Jerry would be anti-AC.
0: Yeah. It's not like he lives on the first floor where it's like, I can't have an air conditioner in here. Then somebody will break in.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is, uh, maybe Kramer's making it up. Maybe he's not even really anti-AC.
0: So Jerry's girlfriend, Amy. This is the only time we ever hear about Jerry's apartment gets too hot. For whatever reason, Amy likes air conditioning. And that's her big problem with Jerry's apartment, that she likes the air conditioning. Akiva, I have to say that this was an odd character trait for Amy, played by Anna Gunn who is best known as Skylar White to have in this episode that her big thing is that she thinks Jerry's apartment needs air conditioning.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes they have to give listen in the last 20 episodes, Rob, we've seen so many of these women come in and out after one episode that you really, you know, if it's not a low talker or a close talker or a lip reader, you really need to give them like some kind of quirk, even if it's not so interesting, just like differentiate them from you know anybody else
0: but I felt like what was missing was that it was just like a random thing about her as opposed to like a personality trait like what if she was an Eskimo and she can't go in Jerry's apartment because it's too hot he what do you mean you don't have air conditioning and so I don't have a lot of Eskimos up here
1: yeah that would be uh, that would be more interesting yeah give her a little and then people would remember oh yeah Anna Gunn she was Amy the Eskimo on Seinfeld because now if You say, like, hey, you know, Anna Gunn was on Seinfeld. Yeah, I heard that, but I have no clue, like, the character she played or anything. It's not a memorable character. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, there was really nothing about her. She's just, like, has nothing to do.
1: She did not not have as good of a run as her uh, future husband-to-be on Seinfeld.
0: So here comes George, and he walks into the apartment. He is wearing some uh, goggles. Looks like a uh, Chris Sabo from back in the day. And he says, I got to get out of the city.
1: Yeah, he's got, like... I don't know what the difference between these and like rec specs are, but they're pretty close to them.
0: So the problem for George is that somebody at the gym stole his glasses. And so he had to use these prescription pool goggles.
1: I didn't even know they made, Like I'm someone who has horrific eyes, like 9.25 prescription. And I like, I don't know they even make prescription glasses. Like I, uh, if I go to like a small private pool, I go swimming in my glasses. Yeah. Cause I can't see anything. Like I can't enjoy it otherwise. <laughs> Uh, and if I go to like a public pool, I take off my glasses um, so they don't get like knocked off or whatever. But then I uh, can't see anything and I'm useless.
0: So that's the big problem in this episode that George can't find his glasses. Who would steal another person's glasses?
1: Especially prescription. Maybe if they're like the $3 off the shelf one.
0: Now, Kramer, he says that he knows a guy. And this guy, Dwayne, that's his guy. He can yeah, get Dwayne's hit. his guy. off of the glasses, I guess, with promo code Kramer, 30% off glasses from Dwayne's. Also, Kramer was getting 30% off the air conditioner because he knows a guy. Why does Kramer get 30% off everything? Are we supposed to believe that Kramer just assigns that, oh, will you give me 30% off everything like he does a favor for a guy and then wants to use this 30% off code?
1: I guess retails for suckers. That's his thing. He knows if he has for half off, that's too much because... The people are going to lose money on the product. So go for 30. It's
0: reasonable. 30%. So Kramer sends George to go to see Dwayne, his eyeglasses guy, and he'll get 30% off if he uses, uh, drops Kramer's name. Just the name. So we see George and Elaine and Jerry at the glasses store. And George is trying on all these frames. And is Elaine actually looking at them or is she just patronizing him at this point?
1: No, she's super bored. I like it also because usually like the stereotype would be like the guy's bored. And the woman's trying on clothing. So I like they have like a woman like not interested in shopping here.
0: So he tries on all these different glasses. And so as he's doing that, (laughs) Jerry is asked, uh, what do you think about these glasses? He's looking in the picture. He says, I see a lot of women that would look better if they weren't wearing glasses. (laughs) Is this is Jerry an anti glass type? I think he is anti glasses.
1: I think I think maybe that was a thing then. I don't know. I mean, I'm biased because I have my lifelong glasses wear. But I feel like it's a better time for glasses wears because back then, I mean, he has a bit at the end of this episode where like glasses are no longer like a medical thing and now they're more of a style thing. But back then, like it wasn't cool when I was in fourth grade that I had glasses, you know? Right. But now like kid, kids have such crazy glasses that, you, you know, I, I just actually bought new glasses and I went to the store and like the first 50 pairs the guy had me try on I'm like I'm not cool enough for these guy. Yeah. I can wear like yellow plastic glasses.
0: And people wear glasses that aren't even prescription. They just want to look smart.
1: Yeah. I don't is that even a thing that people wear glasses are smarter? I don't know.
0: I think it's at least an image. Yeah. So a guy walks in with a dog and Elaine wants to pet the dog. Now, Elaine I feel like is mostly anti-dog throughout the series. Is that as a result of these events?
1: I think so because we have seen like she is interested in kindness to animals, but she's also a contradiction. Like Elaine likes, you know, she'll have a cause but only when it benefits her.
0: Okay, right, so she wants to pet the dog and then we hear the dog sort of like whelp or you know, like bark a little bit and then it turns out that Elaine has been bit by a dog.
1: Yeah, this is my worst nightmare.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so this is kind of dark this whole storyline about the dog.
1: Uh yeah, and I do think, you know, when we talk about like what would change, I feel like we're so pro pets now that Um, Well, I'll give it to you when we get there, but I I feel like there would be a twist to this episode that maybe would be different.
0: Okay, so George has to go run after the guy who had the dog that bit Elaine, and so he goes outside, but he doesn't have his glasses on, and he sees something, but he can't say what it is. He comes back in, don't ask. Elaine is sort of like writhing in pain. She needs to go to the hospital, and she has like a bandage, or she's trying to like soak up the blood, and Jerry is like sort of half-heartedly throwing tissues to her, And he's infatuated with what did George see? It looks like he saw a ghost. Yeah. It turns out that George saw girlfriend Amy making out with Jerry's cousin, Jeffrey. Uh, Yeah.
1: And again, we've never seen cousin Jeffrey, so we don't know what he looks like. But apparently, you know, not the best looking guy, but um, got him making out with uh, Jerry's girlfriend.
0: So we get to see the optometrist, and he is played by Tim Stack. Have you ever seen him in anything else? Yeah,
1: wasn't he on, um, was he on Conan a lot, maybe? Am I making that up?
0: Well, a couple of things. that He was the star of Son of the Beach. I don't know if you ever saw that. That was a show oh, that was that like was, a fake Baywatch. Fake Baywatch that was produced by Howard Stern. I think that the biggest connection that we can make with him to anything else we've ever podcast about that when Jay Leno used to do the prank karaoke that Will Sims the 2nd was a either victim or willing accomplice for. He's the guy on the TV at the gas station that's like, "Hey, you seem like you know karaoke. Why don't you do some oh, so for us right now at the gas pump?"
1: Oh, so that's his claim to fame.
0: I think his claim to fame is mostly Son of the Beach, I think if you looked up his IMDb. It page. was Notch
1: Johnson on Son of the Beach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's his big, That's his biggest thing. I guess he is also in on his IMDb page. He says he's known for Dumb and Dumberer.
1: He was on ninety episodes of Nightstand.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was like a fake talk show. I think.
1: Parker Lewis can't lose.
0: Yeah, he's, yeah, in, he's, a he's he been a in a lot. He had a lot of long things. stints. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, he's also in uh, My Name Is Earl and Castaway. I guess also. There's Tim Stack. He's the optometrist. Guy. He's Dwayne. He has some funny business to do later. And so Jerry ends up taking Elaine to go to the hospital. And George, it's time to pay for the glasses. And he picks out some odd glasses, which will be a big plot point later on in the episode. And so he mentions the name Kramer. He just says it. Kramer. Like it's a password, like a magic word that you get into a speakeasy.
1: Uh, I've never been in a speakeasy, but I guess.
0: Well, we don't know the password. And so... He's mentioning his name, and Tim Stack is like, why? And then he's trying to talk about the discount, and he's like, look, I'm going to need a deposit on these glasses. Uh,
1: Yeah, so, I I mean, it it seems like Kramer thinks Dwayne is a much better friend than Dwayne views Kramer.
0: Absolutely, and we'll talk more about the backstory of Dwayne and Kramer. So we go in the hospital, and (laughs) Elaine is getting stitched up or at least some sort of treatment on this. And so Elaine is saying there's no way that Amy... Have been making out with Jeffrey. George didn't even have his glasses on.
1: Yeah, and now we start to squ- we're really discussing, you know, George's uh, vision without his glasses.
0: So we start to hear the fable about how George was able, via squinting, to drive all the way from Wurtsboro down to the Tappan Zee Bridge and he was spotting raccoons left and right on the road like that.
1: Uh, yeah, and by the way, this is my, not that I'm a big driver, but this is my nightmare. Like, your glasses fall off while you're driving. I don't know what I would do.
0: Yeah, would you be able to squint and see all the raccoons on the road?
1: I'll tell you, squinting does not help your vision. Like pressing your—that's one of the reasons why George buys bad glasses. Because when you're there, especially since his friends aren't paying attention, like you're trying on glasses, but you're blind while you're trying on glasses. Like when I when I try on glasses, what I do is I'll put my face basically like my nose will be touching the mirror. Like I'll really have to get up ridiculously close. That's how bad my eyes are to have any idea what's going on.
0: Well, according to Jerry, he says that George can squint down to 20, 30 vision.
1: Yeah, and George's squinting prowess is really up and down. It's interesting in this episode.
0: Yeah. And so they end up with the doctor sort of sending Elaine on her way, and she's like, don't I need a shot? And I thought this was kind of funny. He's like, uh, no shot, dog bite. <laughs> And then she's like, no, don't I need a shot? And he's like, woof, woof, not bang, bang. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little weird. stupid joke, but I thought that was funny. It is dumb. So now we see uh, Jerry with Skylar White, and uh, he wants to know what's going on. And this is another one of these weird situations. I feel like Jerry's acting is really off in this episode, and not so much like the actor, but just the person in the episode. His behavior is really weird.
1: I wrote um, in the next scene, in capital letters, I wrote, in this episode, Jerry is a Hall of Fame whiner. He just can't stop like squeaking and whining. It's kind of annoying.
0: So he wants to know what Amy was doing yesterday. He wants to know if uh, she was out on uh, Columbus Avenue. Yeah, I mean, it's like, why
1: Why be so direct, Jerry? Like, you'll find out. I don't know why he has to like, uh, you know, I guess he's being around the bush here, but. Like, why is he trusting George anyway?
0: Well, he's getting into this whole thing. Yeah, it's very unreliable information that he got, but he's really acting on and he's talking about how, well, you know, you can't trust anybody these days. And then talks about how, you know, my friend saw you and she's like, what? There's nothing to tell. And then he's like, oh, uh, why don't we just go get some pizza?
1: You know, the most shocking thing would be if she actually was making out with Cousin Jeffrey (laughs) and just the episode doesn't tell us.
0: Well, in a deleted scene, you do see her with Cousin Jeffrey.
1: Oh yeah, I missed the deleted scene.
0: Yeah, there's a deleted scene where she's making out with cousin Jeffrey from the back, and she's saying, uh, "Tell me about the the leopards."
1: Oh, but that's a, right. That's afterwards. Yeah, like because the leopards don't, don't even get discussed. Wait, in, in this hypothetical deleted scene, does does uh, do you think they have actually been going out, or this is the impetus for them to go out since she goes up to the apartment and meets Leah?
0: Oh, so she gets because introduced.
1: leopards don't come up until the end of the episode.
0: Yeah, but those are his favorite animals, so he probably was already talking about them.
1: Of course, the one deleted scene of the entire series that I I even have it open on my computer. I just forgot to watch it. Yeah. I'll delete it now. Uh, I see. 113 is, uh, what's it called? Is is the one that's actually relevant as opposed to like the last hundred that have been completely useless.
0: Well, it's just interesting to see. How was that a deleted scene? Was that like an alternate ending? Like they don't set it up whether or not It was like we had another episode where there was an alternate ending. I think it was the airport.
1: Yeah, the dog has an alternate ending also where like uh, it's, you know, they're on a different note at the end.
0: So I don't know if Amy kissing cousin Jeffrey is canon or not.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll really never know. But until we
0: get Jerry on. Yeah, first question we ask. (laughs) Move it up to the top of the list. Jerry, in the episode The Glasses. There's a scene where girlfriend Amy is making out with cousin Jeffrey in the deleted scenes. Is that canon or is that part of a dream sequence that never made it to air? Uh,
1: he's going to ask the question that like everybody else asks. Like, uh, which one is the glasses again?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mean the one with Jake Jarmel? No. That's, no, actually not that one. So... Uh, now Amy says, you know, I knew there had to be another side of you. There's an ugly side. And he's like, no, no, there's no ugly side to me.
1: Yeah, and Jerry says, like, he doesn't tell her, but you know, he has an ugly side. He knows it, but he tries not to let it out for six months, like yeah. until it's too late.
0: And she again is complaining about how hot it is up there. He says, Oh, you'll see. It'll be like a meat locker up here.
1: She doesn't believe it. She's like looks walks out looking disbelief.
0: Yeah. Jerry and George, we now see back at the apartment that uh, Jerry is talking about how now she sees I have a side. That's that side that he wasn't going to show her for six months. And so Jerry tells George that Amy said nothing happened. And George insists I was squinting. Remember that time on that drive when I was spotting all those raccoons on the tap and Z? Yeah, those were
1: mailboxes. <laughs> yeah. So- well, I have a question. Why did Jerry had just used this story as an example of George's great squinting abilities? Right. He said, Elaine, he spotted, you know, squirrels on the highway. And now he's telling George they weren't squirrels. So why use that as an example to further his case when it wasn't even true?
0: Yeah, it's a weird episode. There's a lot of logic things in this episode that don't really add up. So then after that, then George from across the room is like, hey, is that a dime over there? And he goes and picks up the dime. And Jerry's really confused. Yeah,
1: again, this is like, one second, his, his vision is awful. Now he's spotting a dime from across the room.
0: Yeah. All right. So Elaine comes up. She is spooked by a dog that she saw downstairs. It turns out it was Snowball, a little white dog. He runs on batteries. He <laughs> runs on batteries, supposedly. And so Elaine, they're talking to her that she really needs to get this rabies shot.
1: Yeah. And she wants to go to the store and ask, you know, find out who the dog owner is. She, you know, the guy ran away. She doesn't know who bit her, if the dog maybe has rabies or not.
0: Yeah. So Kramer returns. He got a big ovation upon entering the first time. And now here he is in the middle of the episode getting another ovation. I think that they can't let this go on for much longer. They got to shut this down, right?
1: I wonder if it was like filmed on two different days or something. I was wondering that. Like, it's uh, because we haven't seen it before. It's a little weird. Why don't we
0: just have the whole
1: episode be Kramer ovations?
0: I mean, are the fans just so high and hopped up on the show that they're just like, every time he comes in, they're just going to go nuts?
1: I mean, this is a good Kramer episode. Kramer is really getting better and better, but I I think one per episode, you know, we got the point.
0: Yeah, and so he comes in, and George is mad. And said, look, I didn't get a discount from Dwayne. You said I would if I dropped your name.
1: Yeah, they're going going over the store right away.
0: Yeah, well, Kramer's pissed because he says, that guy owes me big time. I got him off sugar.
1: Yeah, and the, his sugar habit is, is you know, pretty funny. It's like a real addiction.
0: Yeah, it's a funny scene when Kramer goes back to the eyeglass store. So George goes into the refrigerator, and he goes to get an apple before they leave. But instead of an apple, he gets out an onion, and he eats the onion like it's an apple. And then they tell him, like, you idiot, that's not an apple, it's an onion. But he continues to eat the onion. Like he meant. To yeah, because George
1: is so proud. Like he does, though. Oh, I knew that. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. So which is it? Does he can he see or can he not? I mean, I guess the idea is that, like, you know, he thinks he can see everything, but he's really hit or miss. And that's why, you know, we don't know. We don't know the Amy story could be true because he can spot dimes. But it could not be true because he's eating onions that he thinks are apples.
0: But really, couldn't it not be true at this point based on everything that we've seen in this episode and the fact that he's eating the onion? Like, if you're Jerry, like, it's like, that's crazy. Why would my girlfriend be making out with Cousin Jeffrey, of all people? Like, it'd be one thing if he it was Kramer that she was supposedly making out with. But Cousin Jeffrey, of all people, does not sound like he's a real ladies' man.
1: It looks like a horse. Yeah, I would say at this point, if I was Jerry, I'd be about 15 to 85. Like, 15% sure that... uh You know, it was it was Cousin
0: Jeffrey. Yeah. All right. So So. Kramer has a plan and that plan is all you need to do is bring Amy up to Jeffrey's house because then either he'll open the door and be surprised to see her or then they won't know each other and then you'll know.
1: Well, maybe they're great actors and they won't buy it at all.
0: Yeah, but I don't think so. I don't think Cousin Jeffrey's that great of an actor.
1: Yeah, but if in this here's the problem in this hypothetical, uh, if Amy's going up there, she's probably been to his place if she's making out with him. Yeah. so you know she knows like she may be completely freaked out like why are we going to his house i know this place or she knows that they're cousins and thinks like oh that's normal he's going over his cousin's house i'm gonna play it cool
0: it's more your blindsiding cousin jeffrey gotta watch him watch his reaction
1: yeah i guess we know anna Gunn is a good actor cousin jeffrey we never see him he's probably not a great actor
0: yeah okay kramer says once we get that happening then it'll be howdy duty time
1: yeah i didn't go like what's the reference was that a thing
0: I mean, you, I've heard of
1: Howdy Doody, but I don't know like what's Howdy Doody. It's designed. a
0: random thing to say, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't think it holds up well.
0: <laughs> so here's Kramer at the eyeglass store, and now he's getting in Tim Stack's face. Say, hey, what's going on? What about this discount? Do not you remember when I got you off of sugar? When you were eating what four baby roots a day, washing
1: it down with a Nestle Crunch or something? Right.
0: Remember that night I found you in Thinking Donuts, all hopped up on cinnamon swirls. <laughs> <laughs> And then Kramer like takes out a candy bar out of it, and he's like wagging it in his face. He's like, "You want some of this? You want some of this?" He's like, "All right, all right, fine, fine."
1: I like they call back that he took him to Joe's to come down with some fruit.
0: Yeah, this must have been before Kramer was banned from Joe's. Had to be. Yeah, well, it was six months ago. So it was pre. Doesn't, does,
1: doesn't fruit have sugar in it also? Or am I making that up?
0: Well, I think that maybe his addiction was sort of like the real deal sugar, not like fructose or anything like that. Got it. All right, so they end up getting those glasses, right? And so those glasses that George ended up getting, though, turned out to be some lady glasses.
1: Yeah, again, he, you know, he couldn't see, and he got what you know, the guy convinced him to get.
0: Yeah, so after this, they're square. So George has his glasses. So now George is wearing the new glasses that he picked out in the apartment, and Jerry's making fun of him, saying, I don't know what to tell you, Elton. <laughs> they're ladies' glasses
1: yeah the Elton thing I mean I guess it, it's like from a it holds up from a thing, but yeah, I guess he wears like weird glasses, Elton John
0: yeah, I think that's kind of his thing.
1: uh they're from the Gloria Vanderbilt collection <laughs> yeah you know who Gloria Vanderbilt is? who is it? uh she has a famous son oh, Anderson Cooper's mom.
0: Oh wow, there you go who knew and so Elaine was supposed to help pick out the things, but then she had got the dog bite so then he couldn't do it. so here comes Kramer with the commando eight. And he drops the Commando 8 into the window. And it doesn't even fit. Even though Kramer came in earlier in the episode to measure the window. Like, it really doesn't really line up from the side to side. Like, it's a very narrow air conditioner. And then he just sort of, like, drops the blinds on it. And it's really like the blinds are holding it in place.
1: Yeah, I mean, he does say he's going to fix it later. I will say, as someone who's had to put in AC units in Manhattan, it it is, like, tricky. Like, you're supposed to pay, like, the super to do it, so you're not liable. Yeah. You know, or maybe the super is not allowed to do it. You have to pay a third party. Now I'm forgetting. It was a while since I did it. But, you know, it, it is like because if you put it in and it falls on someone's head, then you're like, you know, you're going to get like prosecuted for like murder or something. Oh, my God. So, so I don't know about murder, but maybe like culpable homicide or something insane. So don't, you know, don't put them in yourself. Pay pay someone the 50 bucks. You yeah. know what my wife would do, but it, you should pay someone the 50 bucks.
0: Framer to- doesn't even like close the top part of the window.
1: No, this is incredibly unsafe.
0: Yeah. I mean, actually, how are those windows? Because it doesn't look like, was there a top part of the window?
1: I'm not sure. By the way, on the flip side, um, when we would walk down the street, my wife actually likes walking on the outs, like the outside of the sidewalk in Manhattan because she's afraid that the ACs will fall on your head. Oh. Or the drip. They will. They definitely drip all the time.
0: Like, you'll just get nailed with water. But, uh, they get, you, you know, they drip you look up and then it hits you in the face like home alone. Oh, boy. <laughs>
1: Kevin. <laughs>
0: So then uh, we end up seeing Elaine in the apartment and she's starting to get mad. And we have also Kramer commenting on George's glasses where uh, George, what is he eating? He's got something. And then Kramer asks him if he may have one of those madam. It was very mean to George.
1: Yeah. And the madam thing, first of all, nowadays, like men wear women's clothing, women's wear men. It's not a big deal. But back then. It wasn't cool if you remember, like, you couldn't wear pink in the 90s. Like, you'd get teased if you were a guy. Yeah. Like, now it's, now it's totally fine. Um, but back then, like, if I, if you walked into, you know, like high school in pink, no way. Wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Or you like, or women's glasses. Now you can do whatever you want. We're cool. Hammer time, you know, we, 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 you know, cherished hammer time, but maybe it wasn't like perfect.
0: Yeah. So Kramer is talking to Elaine about rabies and talking about how. She could have rabies and Kramer's like, uh, oh, you don't want that. And she's like, I know you don't want that. You stupid hipster doofus. She yeah, it was really agitated.
1: He's been called hipster doofus a bunch of times. Also, Bob Sacamano had rabies, but did he survive rabies? Because we hear more about Bob Sacamano in this. Well, series. I don't think it's fatal. Oh, it's I mean, it can be fatal. I think Kramer says, but I guess it's not automatically fatal. It's not like, uh, yeah. I don't know what's automatically fatal, but what, but I guess you can survive rabies.
0: Okay. We also see that Elaine has a headache, and then they give her water, and she starts, like, foaming at the mouth?
1: Yeah, it's a little weird. It was the uh, directed, I think, poorly that, like, little shot.
0: I mean, I don't understand what's going on with the foam in the mouth.
1: And they just want to play with the rabies, but there's no reason for her mouth to be foaming. I guess, is it the pill? Like, did she take, like, Advil or something plus the water she's foaming? I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of things that are just wonky in this episode. It's almost like, if Elaine had like a stomach ache and they gave her like an Alka-Seltzer and then she took the Alka-Seltzer and, and people are like, oh, my God, she has rabies. She's foaming at the mouth. Like, it's just kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, gamel and pross they'll get their act together the next couple times that they, they come to bat. But here, maybe it's, you know, they're rookie jitters.
0: Like, I don't know if there was any other explanation other than Elaine has rabies and she actually is foaming at the mouth.
1: I don't think she has rabies, though.
0: Yeah, well, then what? Explain the foaming at the mouth.
1: I don't know. Maybe she's psyching herself out into, like, being having a lot of symptoms. You know, if they had WebMD back then, she would have been in big trouble, Elaine.
0: Yeah. All right. So we end up seeing Elaine back in the hospital, and then she's getting the shot. The doctor wants... Uh, she asks the doctor, is this going to hurt? And the doctor says, yes, very much.
1: It was pretty funny.
0: <laughs> I like that. And so... Then we see Elaine back in the apartment. They're like in front of the air conditioning and they're hanging out. And so Elaine tells Jerry she doesn't think that Jeffrey was making out with Amy because he looks like a horse. He's got a real horse face. So
1: there's no logical answer. It's just like, why would she make out with someone so ugly?
0: Yeah, got a real horse face. And so we start to see that the air conditioner after the door closes to the apartment. It starts to wobble, and Kramer tries to keep the air conditioner in the apartment unit by grabbing onto the plug. The plug breaks, and it falls, and it looks like it hits that dog.
1: Yeah, and first of all, you know, Kramer's lucky to have uh, the, the, the plug broke, or he was going out. Yes. Uh, no time for an ovation for Kramer when he enters this time, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, and like, how does the dog survive being smashed from, you know, f- I guess ostensibly the fifth floor, right? Because that's his apartment number is five.
0: The dog looks like he's in pretty good shape after getting hit with the air conditioner.
1: From five floors down, maybe it wouldn't have been a big deal. Maybe my, my wife was overreacting by uh, not walking under the ACs.
0: And we're talking about throwing a nickel from up there. This is dropping like a heavy air conditioner off there. Yeah, but don't try that off the top of the
1: Empire State Building. They'll get mad.
0: No. So we end up seeing George in the health club. And he sees like a blind guy come in. And then he's the blind guy needs help. And so George is helping him really the blind leading the blind. And then the blind
1: guy is a Rance Howard. That's Ron's dad.
0: And so we end up where George says, hey, I think that's the guy that stole my glasses. Well, hold on. Back up for a second. How did George know who stole his glasses?
1: So it's weird because George says in the first scene, like some guy stole them. So he must have seen him from a distance because he wasn't wearing glasses. But, you know, couldn't process it or the guy was running away. Um, but it's not clear. Again, uh, a lot of holes. Plot holes you could drive, a bus through.
0: So he goes off with the guy who's blind and then they, the thief gets away. The alleged thief gets away. So George likes that guy's frames. He wants to switch frames with the guy. Now, does this work? Is this a thing? Can you just switch frames on pairs of glasses?
1: I think you could in theory, but I don't know why they're doing it in the middle of a television show.
0: Yeah. So like, they end up it's not funny. going to the store to go switch the glasses. The blind guy warns George that these glasses really pinch the nose.
1: But he, but unbeknownst to the blind guy, these are women's glasses.
0: Yes, he doesn't care.
1: Really not one of the nicer things George has done. I mean, this blind guy... You know, if, if the trial went on a couple more days, could easily testify at the finale.
0: No, he was just happy that these glasses he has pinched the nose so much that he was just happy not to have them anymore.
1: So you think he thinks he completely conned George, doesn't care what they look like?
0: I mean, there's a point at the end of the episode where George wants to switch back. And the guy's like, hey, no deal.
1: Yeah, but at the end of the day, like George did, like the blind guy should be sensitive to being
0: conned. <laughs> the guy knew what was going on. I don't think he got conned. Okay, I think he said, I have the worst pair of glasses that pinch the nose. I don't want these anymore. I'll take anybody else's glasses.
1: I'd say switching frames on glasses is not neither of you are at a great place in life.
0: <laughs> so George goes back to the optometrist. He's now eating a baby Ruth. So he's now on the wagon or off the wagon?
1: We, we never really dis- we, we tabled the discussion. We're not sure.
0: <laughs> I think he's back on the wagon. Uh, I think at this point
1: he is off the wagon.
0: Mm. Okay, good to know. Well, <laughs> let us know in the comments what the optometrist is in terms of candy. And so we find out here's the dog owner. Now he's back and he's trying to track down Elaine. And George gives, like very stupidly, I feel like, the apartment number and the building for Jerry. Yeah, so first the
1: guy's like, uh, you know, you know where's the woman? I want to find out where, you know, that woman is. Like, oh, it's not her apartment, it's Jerry's. So that's bad enough. But now, like, now at least realize, like, oh, I said too much, I blurted this out. Don't give him the apartment number. First of all, Jerry's a celebrity. You should not be giving out your celebrity friend's apartment number unless it's, like, a really pretty woman that Jerry's, like, interested in. Like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, and the guy seems particularly menacing.
1: Yeah, I see, that's what I think. I think, in like, nowadays, because... Uh, you know, we, we view dogs maybe, um, more favorably than we did 20 years ago. Like, I don't know if the AC falls on the dog. I feel like it falls on the guy now.
0: But the guy, the guy doesn't seem like he's hurt. The dog is wearing a cone on its head. No, no I'm saying in you know, if if,
1: if we were rewriting this for 2015, that would happen. Not that that's what happened in the episode.
0: Oh, you don't think they'd let the air conditioner fall on the dog?
1: I think that the villain here is clearly not the dog who bit Elaine, but the jerk guy who lets his dog bite. And by the way, a terrible reaction from the store. I mean, you know, you don't give Elaine, you know, any help when, she's get, when she gets bit, you know, that really, really no remorse at all shown by uh, Dwayne in the uh, glasses
0: store. I mean, if we're really doing the rewrite, what is the whole punchline of that the air conditioner falls on the dog and that Jerry has to pay for the vet bill? I mean, that's not really particularly funny. Is there anybody better or anything else that we could do with the air conditioner that's going to fall out of the window?
1: Well, we do like to rewrite these episodes. I almost feel like this is like a page one rewrite. We're we're ripping up this whole script, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> there are a
1: few moments here. I'm not saying this is a complete disaster. But, I, you know, we, we almost have to work back from square one.
0: What if the air conditioner falls on the blind guy? Is there any more fruit there? I mean,
1: you'd have to tie it in. Um, but I do think that it could work. Like, there, you know, you could tie the blind guy in more.
0: Yeah. I think that there's something else there. Maybe, you know, uh, does it fall on the optometrist? I mean, what would,
1: like, I guess at a certain point, like, we're getting too many people involved. Yeah. Maybe there was one too many guys in the episode between Dwayne, the owner, and the blind guy. Like, maybe the blind guy should have had the dog or something.
0: Yeah. To me, the dog storyline just is, like, doesn't really seem that funny unless you think that Elaine getting rabies is hilarious. That Elaine gets bit by a dog, she gets rabies, and then has to get a shot at the hospital.
1: So I guess the lesson is if there's a dog in a Seinfeld episode, we're not going to rank it highly.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where the humor is really coming from with Elaine with the dog part of the storyline. So we see Jerry go with Amy to go to Jeffrey's apartment. And now here's Leo. He answers the door. Jeffrey's not there.
1: Really? Leo's gold every scene he's in.
0: Yeah, he's great. It turns out that Jeffrey went out tonight. Now, in the deleted scene, Elaine asks him, how do you know Jeffrey's going to be home on a Friday night? And Jerry says, oh, I know he's home on a Friday night because that's the big night on the Nature Channel. So this was very thought out.
1: Yeah, very calculated, Jerry Seinfeld.
0: So it turns out that Leo was there to record the program on the Nature Channel because it is a leopard show and he loves leopards. Now, did
1: Leo come to his house just to record the sh- the episode? Yes. Because that seems like a huge favor to ask. Before TiVo, you, there was Leo. I mean, I, I, could you imagine asking someone like, I'm not going to be home. I can't tape it in advance. I'm not sure why. I guess, did you have to set it? Like, set why the timer. couldn't
0: you?
1: Yeah, but the timer would work. Like, was there a set amount of time it wouldn't work beforehand, or could you set it on Thursday for a Friday episode, or yeah. no?
0: Yeah, I mean, you set up the clock on the VCR and then you could set the timer, but uh, he doesn't have uh, TiVo. He has Leo. He wants to Leo a bunch of shows. That's just you tell Uncle Leo what you want. He goes over and tapes it. Picks well, out. I mean, it, I got some other favor. shows that you might like also, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> So Jerry is trying to go to this Paul Simon concert in the park. I guess that Jeffrey has the tickets because he works for the parks department. And so it looks like that this whole plan is a bust, except that Jeffrey wanted to pass along a note from Leo. He says he's very sorry. He hopes you'll forgive him. And Jerry is like, aha, you know, this is the smoking gun. I know you're cheating on me with cousin Jeffrey. What are you doing, Jerry? Yeah, he's like, no, he's sorry that the tickets aren't that great. And then Jerry goes back to, want to get some pizza?
1: Yeah. He says, again, like a whiny kind of annoying voice.
0: Yeah. So the blind guy and George, George wants to give the glasses back to the blind guy. The blind guy tells him, nope, sorry, tough luck deals the deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, the blind guy, tough, uh, you know, drives a tough bargain.
0: Yeah. And so George, one more time, he looks like he sees Anna Gunn kissing Cousin Jeffrey and it's all blurry. And then he puts his glasses on to see that, no, it was indeed a lady cop kissing a horse.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a little weird that she'd be kissing the horse, but uh, it is a funny reveal. It's one of the better moments of the episode.
0: So it turns out also that Jerry had to pay the vet bill for the dog.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense in the way that the fact that the dog bit um, Elaine, just because Jerry and Elaine are friends, has no bearing on, you know, his dealings with Jerry.
0: Yeah. And then finally we get that stand up. You referenced it earlier about how Jerry wants to know when did glasses go from a piece of medical equipment that you get from a doctor to something that you do in about an hour to something that you do just for fashion. Is it tied into the one hour photo? And so that's what Jerry's talking about. And um, I think you're right. I think that this was the beginning of glasses as fashion in the nineties.
1: Yeah. But again, there was like I would go through three pair when I was going for glasses when I was in like seventh grade. And now it's you can't even imagine what's going on in there. they like get a like laser guns shooting out of these glasses.
0: Laser guns?
1: I don't know. There's like a lot of funky things going on. It was like half the glass he gave me, my, my kids would be like, uh, you're not cool enough, dad. Take those off right away.
0: Oh, I also left out the big reveal, which was back at the gym. They end up with, you know, pulling back after Jerry and George walk out of the locker room. And it turns out that the glasses were just on a high shelf.
1: Yeah, again, nothing. Like, you got to tie that in better. Like, why were they on the high shelf? There has to be a reason. If there's no reason, you know, maybe the blind guy took those glasses or, you know, they're, they're, you could have had a much better ending than that. That's just silly. And it's also very similar to the wallet being in the couch, right? And like you forgot it there and you thought it was stolen, right? The just a few episodes ago. It doesn't really work.
0: Okay. Okay, but let's talk about this. If the glasses took place in 2015, how would this be different?
1: I mean, I don't know. Is there like video cameras in the, in the gym? I guess probably not in the locker room, but like you could go check, uh, you know, and see like who stole my glasses.
0: I feel like you could have like Um, an app and try on different glasses on the app.
1: Yeah, I guess it would have been harder to get to cousin Jeffrey's apartment because the tickets probably would have been e-tickets. Yeah. So you're not going there to pick them up.
0: Yeah. Jerry could see if Amy and cousin Jeffrey are friends on Facebook.
1: Yeah. I was thinking that too. If they were Facebook friends, that's a huge red flag.
0: That would be a big red flag. All right. Where does this episode rank for you? Again, it, it definitely
1: this is not a dreadful episode, I don't think. Do you think it is? I think it's one of the worst ones we've talked about in a while. That's interesting. And again, the quality has been very high recently. Um, so it does stand out more. I do think there's some good jokes. I think the first time you see the horse thing, it's funny. Yeah. Um, the, it, it's not like a boring episode. There's a lot going on. I just think it's one of the messier ones we've seen.
0: Yeah, I think Um, they're trying out a lot of things here, and everything's not like working up. I think we're holding it to a higher standard because we're expecting all these plots to tie together, and they're just not at that level yet.
1: I agree, and it's rookie writers. Like maybe they're you know they didn't really have their act together yet. Um, So I have the episode overall at um. And by the way, a a bunch of people have asked me um like to post the episodes. I'll post them in uh, the comments for this week. I'll I'll, the updated list of uh, my episode rings. Um, 132 I have the glasses at okay
0: that's fair 132nd yeah. best episode of I think this is probably the worst episode we've talked about since what the shoes yeah you
1: didn't love the shoes um, yeah there weren't really so many one of the great things about like four and five there aren't really a lot of clunkers uh, I'm not sure if we'll say the same about next week but we'll see yeah we've been on a good run lately we've been on a good run uh, some people would argue that the stretch of this week next week And the week after is maybe one of the weaker stretches, maybe the weakest stretch remaining. But, uh, you know, let's let's judge for ourselves. Let's not worry about what the critics are saying.
0: Yeah. Overall, if we're going to break down the four main principles and what they have to do in this episode, I feel like the George storyline is probably the strongest with everything going on with the glasses. I think that's pretty funny. I think that the Jerry thing is a funny idea, but I feel like there's just so much like, well, why is Jerry saying this? Why is Jerry acting like that? It's so weird. Why is I mean, he's acting like no other person would ever act uh, on this very questionable source, which is George without his glasses, seeing that his girlfriend is kissing his cousin. There's really no reason why he should believe this other than he spotted a dime across the room. And then the Elaine rabies thing really just didn't work for me. And Kramer is funny, but I feel like he doesn't actually have a story.
1: Right. Yeah. Kramer. The truth is the two scenes with Kramer, uh, one where he jumps out the window basically to save it. That's funny, especially like when you watch it the first time. Yeah, And the scene where he gives the sugar uh, you know, addiction speech to, uh, to Dwayne in The Glasses Store is actually a pretty good moment also.
0: Yeah, it's, he's funny. He just doesn't have a story.
1: No, no storyline at all.
0: Okay. All right. So, Akiva, you ready to talk about the Seinfeld emails? Oh, yes. Okay. Here we go. Every week we get our emails at Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. Let's start off with Liz. Liz says, "Why does George keep believing Kramer can help him get a discount? How many times has he listened to Kramer and things didn't work out?" I,
1: mean, I feel like there's not a lot of harm here because George, you know, you don't pay until like with the with the uh, both times on the airplane, you know, that was the sunk cost. Whereas here, you know, if George was a little smarter, he would just said, uh, "Hey, can I get a thirty percent discount before any of this happened? or at least you know before he pays, he should do that."
0: Also, in the deleted scenes. It turns out that the 30% off Kramer was supposed to get on the air conditioner. He had to borrow the money from Jerry because his discount got discounted. Oh, really? Yes. He lost the. He didn't even actually have a discount for the air conditioner.
1: I really picked the wrong week to miss the deleted (laughs) scenes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a big plot point that the discount was discounted. Oh, boy. Here's a question from Hunter. says, if there's ever a Seinfeld reunion episode with a montage and a bunch of characters, should it show that Amy and Tim Watley have gotten together?
1: I guess you would like that. I mean, if she, if Amy is, you know, if does Tim Watley, is he anti, is he like an anti air conditioning? That would be my one question.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. If he has to have air conditioning, I think he works in a doctor's office, which is supposed to be a sterile environment. I think you'd want that cold.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, it's not a terrible matchup. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think there is something here also between Anna Gunn, who's going to go on to work on Breaking Bad. And then also you have the optometrist who sort of like hopped up on sugar. He's sort of like a drug addict. And so there's a little bit of like a colorful metaphor of he's all hopped up on sugar at the coffee shop. I think there's something interesting there.
1: Yeah, I think we're stretching a little, a little bit.
0: bit, a little bit, a little bit, no more so than uh, some of the things from this episode. No. All right. This is a question from a giant D era who starts off about provisions. As far as he can tell, we talked a lot about bologna last week, American salami. He says that provisions are things that go with meats when being served. Um, some other people say that things like condiments.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I think that I think it's like mustard and ketchup and stuff.
0: Yes. All right. So here's a question from Johnny. He wants to know, have either of you two ever misplaced something you thought you had lost, but actually left in plain sight by mistake?
1: um yeah that box earlier today
0: (laughs) (laughs) that you left
1: at the airport it's probably sitting in the airport right now it probably never left that space
0: yeah no i'm really bad when i lose stuff because i always blame other people around like my wife like oh why did you touch this thing i left i know i leave it right there and then like a lot of times then i'll find it and i'll realize that my wife didn't touch it but i try to like play it off like ah, here it is wasn't where I left it, but it really like, yeah, and was yeah then,
1: And then she's like, where'd you find it? And I'm like, I don't oh. know. I don't want to tell them where you found yeah,
0: it. Yeah, it's like, it's not where I left it. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of posturing that goes on over here. After yeah. try to save face. So I'm like, I know I didn't leave it over there.
1: All right. That's like the one thing in the world I'm good at, like not losing things. Now that I say that, I'm going to lose my wallet and my keys tomorrow, but in the meantime. Yeah.
0: Here's an email from Amir, who says, We learned in the chicken roaster that Bob Sacramento sold replica Russian hats made of nutria, or rat hats. I wonder if working with the rats was the source of his rabies. That's a good catch by
1: Amir. <laughs> yeah. You gotta work the midnight, uh, you know, oil or whatever to catch that one.
0: Night guy, Amir. Yeah. It's an Andy Chavez-like catch. Oh, boy. Over the course of the series, we see Elaine completely pull a 180 in her stance on Approach to Dogs really shows the psychological ramifications of such a traumatic encounter. In The Dog, Elaine volunteers to dog sit so Farfel won't be sent to the pound. In The Glasses, she asks to pet the dog before being bit in the bit and run accident. And then, he says bit and run is patent pending. And then in The Engagement, Elaine conspires with Newman to kidnap and abandon a dog upstate.
1: That's right. Uh, It is really a crazy progression. But again, Elaine is only interested in, you know, things when it it looks good. She's not a... She's just as bad as Jerry and George. She just doesn't want you to realize
0: that. So you don't think that's her arc?
1: I mean, no, I do think it's an interesting arc, but I think like bark ultimately arc. Elaine doesn't care. Yeah. You just say bark. Bark arc. Oh boy.
0: And finally, Chester says, uh, confusing episode name as it led me to think we were talking about Jake Jarmel and Elaine arguing over those glasses. What should this episode have been called?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Well, the dog is taken.
0: The dog what is taken. What about the rabies? The rabies?
1: Yeah. What do you Be- think about that?
0: air conditioner how about the squint
1: yes I, I think squint is good squint maybe this is a better remembered episode
0: good chester wants to know why does george still wear goggles days later what kind of optometrist doesn't offer 60 minute service you can't
1: get glasses in 60 minutes what are you talking about chester i don't know if Ch- i don't think chester wears glasses like maybe he goes wh- to lens crafters they give you a glasses in an hour about an hour they say oh my god yeah that's insane. Yeah, I go to, I'm go. i going to the wrong glasses place I got mine like two weeks later
0: Also, Chester says that Kramer says he got Dwayne off sugar By force feeding him fruit Including Akiva's hated cantaloupe Cantaloupe has tons of sugar But again, I think that's not the real sugar That's like uh, fruit sugar But you hate cantaloupe? Oh, I've
1: never had melon I, I'm anti-melon
0: uh, But you don't hate melon I mean, I hate the fact that
1: I hate any foods that other people like that I don't eat Because it's just like more people buy them You go to their house and they're like Hey, what do we got? We have melon And I can't eat it And then I'm hungry
0: Okay. Also, Chester says that Kramer shows up with the commando eight, not in the box. It was definitely stolen, right?
1: Let's say you got the 30% discount. It was, you know, used.
0: His discount was discounted.
1: Well, maybe because he found out it wasn't used. I don't know.
0: And then finally, we have another theory about Bob Sacamano from Chester. He says, we know that Bob Sacamano suffered a hernia, medical malpractice, and is chair bound with a high pitched voice he was in a mental institution where he underwent electroshock therapy. Works in a defective condom factory and once contracted rabies. What a poor bastard!
1: Ah, uh, yeah, Bob Sacamano has a tough over the series.
0: Yeah, poor guy. Yeah,
1: again, like uh, cousin Jeffrey, we never see him, but maybe in the sequel. Have yeah, uh, we already
0: talked about is Bob Sacamano like an imaginary friend, like uh, Fight Club?
1: Yeah, I do think Bob Sacamano is fake. I think cousin Jeffrey's real. That would be crazy if he wasn't. By the way, you know what? One of my favorite things in this episode is also that's like super subtle when. Uh, uh, Uncle Leo's talking about cousin Jeffrey and he's like yeah you know he went to college he was great in like zoology and botany he's friends with his botany teacher I mean they're like actually friends like they they hang out as equals like he was insisting on this for so long like it was like such a crazy thing Yeah, I really like that although it is I do think it's weird like I don't know if you were, would be friends with any of your college professors but I kind of think that would be weird it would probably be a little weird I mean there are scenarios like you could have a college professor that's like two years older than you maybe but like in general, the people who are friends with their college professors are like, uh, I don't know, they're not my kind of people usually.
0: So great job by the emailer. Seinfeld at Post Show Recaps is the email address. Akiva, what's coming up next week? All right. Uh, well, we'll
1: see. You know, we're on a downswing this week, but we'll see if we pick it up. Uh, next week is The Sniffing Accountant.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Should we do ha- We do see Jake Jarmel next week.
0: <laughs> oh, Jake Jarmel sighting coming up. That's right. Akiva, what's the hashtag for this episode? Hmm. Bark arc?
1: Uh, Yeah, bark arc is good.
0: (laughs) See? Now you're not poo-pooing the bark arc. I
1: mean, it rhymes. It's short.
0: (laughs) All right. It's time for the five-star rating of the week. Of course, every week we read a new review that comes in, assuming we get one, on our iTunes page. We are up to 94 star ratings. We are now higher than the year that Seinfeld came out. We've passed 94. Uh,
1: which our goal is to get to a hundred. Let's get to a hundred this week.
0: We'd love to get to a hundred. You can go to slash Seinfeld iTunes. This one comes to us from Joe H1777. says, As gold as round team, as a fan of Seinfeld since it originally aired, I have fully enjoyed Rob Nakiva's episode by episode recap of the show. Even when recapping a bad episode, and there were many in the first two and a half seasons, they find a way to keep you listening and entertained. Now that they're up to the golden age of Seinfeld, it should only get better. So many legendary episodes that I'm looking forward to rewatching. It's much easier to follow along with all the episodes on Hulu. Only thing left is to actually get Jerry on the podcast and really see how quickly he hangs up on them. Oh, what a review. Uh,
1: that's great. That's how you do it, guys. Yeah. I mean, if you just give us five stars and don't write a review, that's fine too. Yep.
0: Yeah. You know that's what we should do? Review. That we should yeah. try to... Throw a word out and see if somebody can incorporate the word into the review for this week.
1: Okay, so what's that?
0: I don't know. You squints? Tell me. Is it squints? Is squints? It, uh, rabies? Squinting or rabies? How about both? Perfect. <laughs> and don't say, like, oh, I really like the episode where they talked about where George was squinting and Elaine had rabies.
1: Yeah, no, you gotta be clever. You
0: gotta work it into the sentence. So we'll see if that yeah, don't
1: say week. like uh hashtag squinting rabies. We, we really need a re- full sentence.
0: That doesn't count. Post show slash Seinfeld iTunes. All right. So Akiva, that's going to do it for uh, this episode. You could follow Akiva on Twitter. He's at keeve 26 and Akiva has been night guy burning the midnight oil talking about football on podcasts. Oh, that's
1: right. I forgot to plug it last week. I should probably do that this week. Yes. Yeah. We're doing, um, 32 podcasts about 32 NFL teams in 32 days before the NFL season starts. Uh, The uh, aforementioned Alex Chester and myself uh, are talking to fans. Most of them are good. I won't tell you which ones to skip, but I'll tell you some of the ones I liked. I really like the Jets one. I really like the Giants one. You can check those out.
0: All right. So check that out. And how do people find it, Akiva?
1: Uh, You search uh, 32 fans, 32 days on iTunes.
0: There you go. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre, who does a great job of editing the Seinfeld podcast every week and Mike Moore, who writes outstanding recaps for us on postshowrecaps.com. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.